0: Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic, new or old, from my collection and rate it on the factors of the cover art, interior art, plot, and enjoyability of the book on a scale of 1 to 5. This week I'm reviewing Superman, the Man of Steel, number 22, published by DC Comics in 1993. For the video version of the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash VM Campos. Ah, the 90s. I know that Bronze Age books are getting lots of talk at the moment, and yes, they were amazing, of course, but Newsflash, every age of comics was amazing, especially if it was a formative time for you. And for me, even though I started in 1987, the 90s were also a great informative time in comics for me. The big event of the time, of course, was the death, and return, of Superman. But before his resurrection, there was Reign of the Superman of which this issue is a part of. So, a little bit of background information, first of all. After Crisis on Infinite Earths, Superman was rebooted because there was just way too much continuity from 1938 to 1986 that they kind of needed to start over. So, okay, let's start over with a new number one, Superman, Man of Steel number one. Then, in the 90s, we needed to shake things up because those upstarts over at Image Comics are eating everyone's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Save some scraps for us. So what are we going to do? We're going to kill Superman, the most famous superhero in the world. And it was a big deal. There was news broadcasts all about it. There were speculators buying up every copy to invest for the future. And even mom and pop comic shops were getting in on the action comics were going to the moon and never coming back. Oh, that sounds familiar. And yes, those comics sold millions of copies, and there's still millions of copies 25 years later that you can get them for pennies on the dollar, basically. Um, But you had to be there to really enjoy the time as well, especially if you were a youngster, a formative youth, reading about these stories of the, the most invincible man on Earth being vinced, being defeated... And the aftermath of it. The Funeral for a Friend storyline is actually more affecting than you think, than you might remember years later. Go back and read those, those issues. Some might call them corny, but I recently reread a few of those Funeral for a Friend issues, and yeah, they were still affecting. Superman is dead. And how are we gonna handle it? Well, the only constant in the world of comics is change. So of course, Superman's gonna come back, but wait a minute, for Superman? Are claiming to be the one true Superman. What's going on? That was Reign of the Supermen. Anyway, so we had Reign of the Superman. There were four Supermens that were trying to uh, claim the crown of being Superman, and this is one of in that story. The Man of Steel version. The funeral is over. So let's take a deep dive into this book. All right, cover art. First of all, it is the 90s, so there are two covers. We've got the uh, regular art version over here. This is a direct edition version, no barcode. This is also a direct edition, but with the uh, premium cover, which has a die cut, it's cut into the cardboard. This is a thicker cardboard. This is just plain old paper over here. And we've got a die cut showing the um, Man of Steel logo. The uh, three other Supermen, the Eradicator, the Man of Tomorrow and Superboy also had a version with their own color with their own logo and then of course you open it up you got another alternate art right there amazing so there's two covers to choose from right here there's the amazing gimmick cover which i'm going to give a 10 out of 5 because this is just an amazing gimmick cover you get a die cut plus that amazing art and I'm just a big old sucker for the uh, gimmick covers of the 90s. The regular cover is also pretty fun. I will give this one a 4.75 out of 5. It's just full of action. I like the pose here. Steel is busting through the wall. His hammer could whoop a certain Norse one, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why he's got those kind of like red evil eyes right here. But I guess you have to be tough in the 90s. And the subtitle, Busting Out... Actually, I'm going to drop it down to a 4.0. I, I just love this. This cover is way better. Just the no-nonsense, the man of steel is here. And the die-cut. And then, again, the, the pattern on the inside of the cover. Yeah, this, the gimmick cover is the amazing one. And the regular cover is, it's all right. All right, interior art. Well, first of all, looking at the credits, we've got John Bogdanov as the penciler, and Dennis Yankee, Janky Yonke? Dennis Jen, Dennis J as the inker. Letterer, Bill Oakley, colorist, Glenn Whitmore. All right, so it's got like a cartoony aspect to it. I always like cartooniness in my cartoons. Uh, There's a great place for realism, of course. But it's a a, um, pretty uh, cartoony but realistic style. The characters are unique. Nice hairstyle, nice outfit on that character there. Um, We have this black and white piece that's a memory. That's pretty cool creativity there. A little bit of blue uh, subtly added there. So that's some nice artistry with color, then black and white. Panel layout gets the job done. We've got big establishing shots of the characters, small panels. Now, there's a spot right here. I really like the posing of this character, this character, Rosie, who has uh, psychic powers, perhaps, and just her hand right there. That's just a really cool pose in her hand and her whole body as well, her hair and everything. I like how in her glasses, you can see the eyes here, uh, sideways here, and then the, the, the glare on the glasses there. So... Very enjoyable there, and even down on this panel here, look at all these lines converging to show you this, there's this action happening in the furnace downstairs, John holding the steel mask there, so there's a lot, oh yeah, and then right here, then you do this page turn and whoa, we got the Man of Steel right there. Such an amazing piece right there that we had to have both Bogdanov and Jay uh, put their signature on it and sell it for millions of dollars. I'm assuming so yeah, interior art is good. It's cartoony. It's the panel layouts are interesting. Anatomy is pretty good. It does. It does have that '90s style that uh, maybe not everyone loves, but you know the '90s are back. <laughs> There's a lot of ponytails and stuff and mullets at the time. But um, oh, and at the time also Lex Luthor had an amazing mane of hair of red hair. And look at here, these greens and these purples. Looking at the whole wall of TVs. None of them HD, which we didn't really have at the time. Um, But yeah, the interior art is good. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. I will have to say, though. And what's the nicest way to say it? Um, You can possibly tell that the artists didn't have a lot of first-hand experience with some of the various minority characters that are in the issue and it's mostly full of african americans so you can kind of see here and there once in a while where perhaps the depictions of african americans by a non-african american team is a detriment but in any event it all comes together very well as a piece of a larger puzzle happening at the time of the death and return of Superman. Who is this new Superman? This is the one that was like the most obvious that, well, is it really Superman? Although there's some interesting plot point that we'll mention in a moment about why this could be actually Clark Kent returned. So, yep, interior art, five out of five. Plot, all right, we've got the writer Louise Simonson, big name in the world of comics. She had just been working over at um, Marvel Comics in the 90s, jumped over to DC, worked with Rob Liefeld, during her final uh, years, I think, at Marvel. I'm not uh, completely adept at her whole bibliography, but at this time then she uh, did some of these big events, the biggest event, the death of Superman. So the plot, it's, it's one of a cog in a huge story of the death of Superman, the return of Superman, and so forth, and so in and of itself, as a self-contained story, you can examine that, and then in the larger story, well, you have to read dozens of issues to for it to completely make sense. And by this time in the 90s, I think it really was, unfortunately, you have to read dozens of issues to get the complete story. The days of the one and done were definitely fading in the 90s, that now, 30 years later, everything is connected to everything, and you've got to read everything, and uh, if you don't, you're completely lost. And that's a shame because I think it then prevents new comic book readers from jumping in. At this time, what DC was trying to do is, yeah, you have to buy everything. And what order do you read it in? Well, they put a handy little number there. Every uh, year would have a little diamond here and and a number, and then you could easily follow along with what you needed to read that year. And I think this went on for maybe... Um, until 98 or something, by the turn of the of the millennium, it was over. But I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a way to keep track of what you needed to read. But then you would see you just had to read so many things to keep the story going. And that would be a detriment. All right, so what's the plot over here? Let's jump back again here. So we have this character who was introduced in The Adventures of Superman number 500 a few issues ago. John Henry Irons. And he's talking to the local youths. And they're just shooting the breeze, but wait, there's some tough guys out there with guns, blasting everyone, and okay, kids, time to go home. So the kids start to go home, and kaboom, that kid gets completely blasted, drive-by shooting. It is way more violent than I remember killing a kid on page two of a DC comic in an extremely violent and pretty graphic way. You know, there aren't brains popping out and such, but... uh, that's that's violent right there and so that kid is is just completely destroyed literally right over here he's he's a flaming skeleton Uh, by the way his name is Zoid Uh, a a kid that's just completely torched by by, uh, page two of this comic and then of course those toughs are uh, drug dealers now again this goes back to uh, write what you know And I don't think Miss Simonson had a a lot of first-hand experience with the more impoverished neighborhoods of New York City. Uh, And so perhaps perceptions of intense violence and uh, drugs and such weren't the most accurate for her to depict. But it's a comic book and you gotta heighten it and all of that. So there's a lot of violence in the hood. John Henry is there and he's like, no, I gotta stop him. And then they uh, scrunch him against the uh, the alley, and they leave him all bloody right there, too. And like, where are these guns? What are, What's going on here? Uh, spoiler alert, at one point, uh, John, well you know, he was always, like, saving lives, and one day he saved a life, but then he slipped, and Superman's like, okay, yeah, I'll save you, no problem. And John's all, yeah, I owe you my life, Superman. Then make it count for something. And so now he uh, dedicated himself to saving people, when the doomsday event happened, he tried to stop it. Of course, he's just a human. He wasn't able to help. He got trapped in the rubble. And then he woke up after that and renewed with a new purpose. So his new purpose is, I gotta be the new Superman. Superman is missing, therefore, I gotta I gotta be the new Superman. Those tough guys are like, we gotta stop him because he saw our face or whatever. So let's destroy his whole his whole block. Let's firebomb it. Just in time, John was completing his steel outfit and he emerges right there. So beautiful, full-page shot of the character. And he leaps from the danger, rescuing Rosie, who then tells the news, I know it's him. I know it's Superman. It's a wandering soul. A soul that has not completed his journey has inherited a new body. Superman is back. So I hadn't remembered that, like how there were those four Superman, and each one had a claim to be Superman. And I forgot what was uh, John's claim. Just that he wanted to take up the, the mantle, but then, okay, reading it again. Oh, no, it's because Clark Kent's or Superman's soul uh, has gone into the new body. Makes sense. There's a sl- subplot with Lois with some old boyfriend or something. I don't remember what. And that doesn't really go too far anywhere. Pause it and read those things on your own. But let me finally show this that I've been skipping. Not only do we have... Uh, An amazing gimmick cover, if you get the gimmick cover. But they also included a poster. You can take out the poster here. Mine is intact. So we have Steel, we have Lois, uh, bad guy shooting, and then also Steel shooting. Now, he's not shooting what you think he's shooting. We'll find out what it is later. This is uh, another cool uh, little addition to this comic. I like the line work in the art. Here we've got the eyeballs instead of the red eyes. I don't know if they fully... Uh, confirmed on which version was really always going on, but cool poster nonetheless. Very 90s style. So back to the story. Lex is starting to hear about who's this new Superman? Why are there all of these weapons in Metropolis? Why uh, Why don't I know about it? Let me find out about it. So Steel has to go find these drug dealers. He busts in, does some battling. He's too tough for them until... Uh, They take out the heavy artillery. This guy blasts this other guy. This is, again, this is way more violent than I remember. Because just look what happens here after one of the toughs says, I'll hold him for you, Dutch. Blasts him. And what's the result? Half a corpse. Steel is holding half of this corpse of this bad guy who was a bad guy, but didn't deserve to be cut in half by this super laser. And now he's just half a corpse. And here, uh, John is all traumatized, and he starts to remember, Hey, wait a minute, that gun? When I was in the uh, military-industrial complex, I think I helped develop that gun. He, this is partly my fault. So, interesting angle. So, uh, Steele also has this his own weapons, but wait a minute, they're not guns. They, file, they fire these uh, steel beams for uh, driving the train tracks. Very big difference. And who is it? It's the White Rabbit who is supplying these uh, these guns to the community. And I ask you, is this not one of the most 90s pages you've ever seen? This outfit doesn't exist, save for a small window in time in 90s comics. Thank you, Image Comics. So anyway, she has a chance to take out Steel, she pulls a trigger, but uh, instead she takes out the other guy. And again, perfect headshot from 10 miles away. Uh, and she doesn't kill Steele because she thinks he might be bribed and corruptible and such. Oh, naivety. So then there's again this guy that's trying to get up all in Lois's business. And we'll see where that goes. There's also a plot that happened recently that um, Pa Kent uh, had a heart attack. And it's like, no, my son is dead. And what is there more to live? So uh, he's in the hospital and stuff. And he's saying, oh, Superman is back. And they're both like, it can't be. So yeah, Lex Luthor at the time had this amazing mane of red hair, and now Lex is interested in who is this new Superman? It might be useful to finally have a Man of Steel in my pocket. So now there's gonna be two factions trying to corrupt the new Man of Steel. There's the various letters columns over here. Pause that, read them on your own. They talk about um, these have not caught up yet to the actual death event yet. They're still right about getting about. This is the the release of Doomsday. These letters are saying, oh, this big tough Doomsday guy looks pretty tough. What's going to happen? So these letters haven't caught up with the actual death yet. And here we have the aftermath of the death and then issues coming out later on there. So plot four and a half out of five. It's a big old story, tying a bunch of things together, introducing this brand new character that is the new Superman. That's the plot, which brings us to enjoyability. The enjoyability of this book, I'll give it a five out of five. And yes, it's definitely being colored by my nostalgia. You just had to be there in the 90s. The big event that the death of Superman was. The reign of the Superman. The resurrection. And all of those gimmick covers. It was a good old time. I haven't even uh, mentioned here the uh, consume mass quantities. So if you don't know, you don't know. But let me let you know. Coneheads. The Conehead movie with uh, Jane Curtin and uh, Dan Aykroyd, I guess was a coming. Was was the big Saturday Night Live movie coming? At the time, of course, Wayne's World was the biggest Saturday Night Live based movie. Well, there was also the Blues Brothers. Don't forget the Blues Brothers was a Saturday Night Live movie. But in the '90s, we got so many of them: uh, Coneheads, Stuart saves his family, and so many of them. I can't remember them at the moment. Other ephemera in the book? Well, we've got a um, Super Nintendo Sim Earth. You've got the whole world in your hands. And just a classic ad where it's just a whole bunch of text to get you hyped about this video game where you control a whole world and watch it evolve. I didn't remember these Brock's Rocks, but we had, I guess, Rocky D, the dinosaur extraordinaire, munching on these chewy fruit candies in the 90s. With um, dyes in them that will probably turn your bowels all sorts of colors, if I recall. Here's another amazing video game of the day. Flashback, The Quest for Identity. The first CD-ROM game in a cartridge. This was the Genesis version. Boo! I was more of a Super Nintendo kid. And so this was an amazing game. It was so photorealistic. Well, not photorealistic, but it was just so realistic. It was a very difficult game. The environments were amazing. It was a pseudo-puzzle type of game. Out of This World was its predecessor in that sort of vein of a rotoscoped realism. And oh boy, the classic. Just in time for the brand new Mario movie. How about the original starring... John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins, Dennis Hopper, and a really scary Yoshi. This ain't no game. Now this poster looks amazing, but as we all know, the movie is horrific. Another video game ad here, Mega Man 5. I stopped caring after Mega Man 3, and of course Mega Man 2 is the best one. But check out this subtitle, Help Mega Man Turn Proto Man Into Spare Parts. Those are some pretty tough words. The classic ads to ho- to buy comic books. Pause it, look at that for yourself. Wow, that one's that valuable? Cool. Here's an ad for Rockster Guitar System. Only $229 shipping and handling. One of the few people who can't play the Rockster instantly. Yep, so musical instruments, comic books, video games, all that good stuff. Mile High Comics, the megastore. This is back when they also had multiple locations, like the one in L.A. Oh, and then here we go. Here's these various uh, variant covers of the Superman covers. There's the Steel cover, Superboy, and I forget which is the Eradicator and the Man of Tomorrow. Letters column, and add four... Fun, next hundred miles. So just a bunch of racing games from Trade West Sports. RC Pro-Am was amazing. I never played RC Pro-Am part two much, but I played part one a lot, I loved it. Didn't really play any of the others. And back add for crash test dummies. This is definitely one of those things that is long forgotten and for good reason. Buckling up for safety and all of that is important, of course, and then making toys to help kids remember that is good, I guess. This is just so morbid to me. That you would crash these characters and they would all bust up and water would pop out instead of blood, I guess. And there were video games about it and actual toys it was just so weird. Uh, But yeah, crash test dummies. So the enjoyability of this, 5 out of 5. And that was my review this week. What do you think? Did you also enjoy this nostalgic trip back to the 90s? To one of the biggest, no not one of the biggest, the biggest event of the 90s in comics? Were you there when it happened, the death of Superman, the reign of the Superman, and his eventual resurrection, of course? Or are you a young whippersnapper that didn't know John Henry Irons was once the Man of Steel? Tell me all about it in the comments. And once again, if you want to see the video version of the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash If you enjoy the podcast and all the stuff I create, consider also going over to patreon.com slash You can help out everything I create by pledging $1 a month, unlocking a few goodies here and there, and keeping the content coming. If you can't quite pledge at the moment, no worries, simply like, comment, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. This has been the Weekly VM Compost Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.